0: Come on. So it's, it seems, well, I, I have to imagine that, you know, five years ago, there weren't that many people that, that were doing nationwide e-commerce and then Wayfair happened. You mentioned it was three years. Can you give me a sense or is it even knowable the number of businesses that are doing business all, all over the country?
1: Um, my guess would be not hundreds of thousands, but millions. Um, it, it's it's significant. You, you know, just think about this. So let, let's take um, a company that's been in business for 40 years, maybe 10 years, maybe five years. And maybe they've been registered in two or three states where they have employees or they're conducting their business operations, but they've been shipping around the country for years or decades. Those individuals, in addition to the advent of e-commerce, has just exploded the responsibility for being registered in multiple states as you cross these um, sales thresholds. And then take away just the domestic companies that have been operating that way for um, however long they've been in business. Um, International companies getting into the U.S. economy has been really significant, Um, and so it's it, we've got to be adding thousands and thousands of businesses a day. Um, they're starting up e-commerce businesses from, you know, small uh, 50,000 a year companies to now billion dollar a year companies. Um, so it, it's definitely prevalent. Yeah, I think just the more that I think about
0: it, the more sort of come to mind and new, all these new technologies that are coming online, helping people to to, to do this very easily. Um, so I imagine there are thousands and thousands probably every day. Are, are there certain thresholds of um, of the amount of revenue that a company needs to be cognizant of? Say if, if they're doing less than this amount, they don't need to worry about it, or does everybody need to worry about it?
1: Everybody needs to worry about it, but you, you should be aware of the thresholds, right? So uh, most states have a hundred thousand dollar threshold that's in um, to simplify it in gross sales uh, into a particular state or uh, a couple hundred transactions meaning you you could sell something small but you could sell a lot of them that could also give you nexus a lot of the states are doing away with the transactional thresholds and they're just focused on what we call economic threshold which is essentially a hundred thousand a state except for the larger states Texas is 500 New York 500 California 500 but for the most part what you'll see is that $100,000 threshold so that's that's what most people are eyeballing for trying to recognize whether they need to to get registered or do something to become compliant
0: got it and are there industries that 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 are exempt from 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 this
1: Well, let let me back up just a second and give you um, the three most important questions because that that has a part in it. There's three questions that every seller in the marketplace needs to to answer, and we have this kind of a corny named (laughs) free consultation. If you say free consultation, sometimes people shy away from that. (laughs) So our free consultation is called a what's next call, and it's because it's the, the the leading question everybody has once they learn some things about sales taxes what do I do next and so it's actually called a what's next call it's a free call and we always cover these three questions so the three questions do I have nexus and nexus can be physical or economic based on sales tax laws right now but that's the number one question do I have nexus because if I have nexus I also need to know is what I sell taxable And the taxability of my products and services are different from state to state. And so I need to understand the taxability uh, in the state where I have achieved what we call nexus or the state's ability to require me to register and collect their tax. And then the third one leading to your question is how do I sell my products? Because along with legislation that has imposed uh, some rules for sellers to be required to collect tax on their taxable sales, in a given state are what we call marketplace facilitator laws, which have also passed simultaneously with this legislation. Essentially what that says is if your product is sold on a uh, marketplace like Amazon, Etsy, Walmart, et cetera, lots of them now, um, they are the responsible party for collecting and remitting the tax. However, it doesn't completely exempt you from that responsibility because if you sell on other channels, your own website, brick and mortar, um, and, in other ways outside of a marketplace, then you have the responsibility to collect that tax. So you need to know state by state, do I have nexus in that state? Is what I sell taxable giving me a responsibility? And based on the way I sell my products, do I have the responsibility to collect that tax in that given state? We talk about that all day, every day on these what's next calls. I don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> so, <do> you, <laughs> do you, uh,
0: how often uh, do you get an industry or something that, that, that stumps you where you actually need to go to uh, reference material, or do you pretty much have them all committed to memory at this point?
1: Well, we have a lot of resource material, and, and we certainly uh, provide that and talk about it. When it comes to Nexus thresholds, uh, when it comes to taxability of your product across each state, we, we have great resources. We can draw down what we call a and e chart. Essentially gives you a, a, a dashboard view by state of the type of product that you have and whether it's taxable or non-taxable in that state. Um, we also have a list of states that um, have marketplace facilitator laws requiring the marketplace to be the responsible party versus the actual seller being the responsible party. So lots of Information that we reference and provide in relation to that to answer those three questions when it gets into really um, strict consulting and research, we have research tools that and and obviously uh, tax law that helps us understand how the state interprets their legislation versus how the the taxpayer may interpret it. Um, you know we do audit defense we we help defend audits and do tax recovery. And, and help people with other strategic efforts outside of helping them recognize whether they have a responsibility to collect tax and get registered.
0: How does it work if a company's been been operating, if they have Nexus in a state, but they've not been, and, and, and what they're selling is taxable, and they are, in fact, selling it directly from their website, if they have been doing that for a period of time when they should have been registering and paying taxes, what is what is the remedy for that?
1: Oh, perfect question, George. Um, and, and this is how we help people on a consistent basis, and, and it truly is why we do what we do. So I call sales tax a margin killer, um, because if, if you had a responsibility to collect tax at the time of the sale, it's the biggest tragedy in sales tax if you didn't collect it at the time of the sale, because the state could come back and collect it out of your own pocket with penalty and interest. And these sales tax rates can range anywhere from 5% up to double digits, 10, 11, 12%. And if you're not collecting that with penalties and interest, you could be paying up to 20 to 25% of your sales transaction in a given state. If your margin is below 25% or 20%, then you've killed the margin for that year. And if it's been that way for a few years, um, this, this type of situation can put companies out of business. So the most costly mistake that you can make is to ignore sales tax. But what we really pride ourselves on is there's programs. There's sometimes a state is providing an amnesty uh, program that is, is rarely a true amnesty on the tax, um, but they do offer some great benefits if, if you come forward voluntarily. And then there's something called a voluntary disclosure agreement. And every state has a voluntary disclosure program that helps companies come forward, and it limits the look back, how far back they look on on uncollected taxes. Um, It often waives the penalty, and some states actually waive the interest as well. But our biggest goal when we're talking with a company, we recognize they have some exposure because they had a tax responsibility, they weren't registered, they weren't collecting tax, is to help them gain compliance and get registered without bringing money out of their pocket. We celebrate every day when we can help somebody get set up correctly and mitigate or limit the amount of money that's coming out of their own pocket.
0: Nice. Well, that certainly makes sense. That is a big win for 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 everybody I imagine, and it sounds like it sounds like there's that there's wisdom in these amnesty programs and the voluntary disclosure because if I'm a state I, I, I would want people to come forward even if they had not been paying taxes because I don't want them to go out of business. I would rather just start collecting revenue moving forward.
1: <laughs> it depends on the state. Yeah, the states, uh, <laughs> they, they legitimately don't mind putting you out of business if they can get the, the buck that is, is due to them. But for the most part, you will find states that work with taxpayers to help them gain compliance, and limit um, that out-of-pocket dollar. And, um, and and there's there's ways to do it. We, we could probably do multiple podcasts on the actual strategies, but this is something that we cover in our What's Next calls is, is because that is the next step, right? I, I determined I had nexus. I determined that what I sell is taxable, and it looks like, based on the way that I sell it, I had a responsibility, or I have a responsibility, to uh, register and collect that state's tax. So, What do I do now, right? What's my next step? And we walk through the process state by state on how we can limit or mitigate that exposure or that liability, help you get compliant, and get you set up collecting tax going forward, remitting that tax timely and accurately, et cetera, and and then you don't have to look back. This is especially important when you think about entrepreneurs or you think about fast-growing companies that um, are acquiring or selling. Um, sometimes the due diligence to look at sales tax um, can be the one thing that, that breaks the deal because you find out that there's six or seven figure um, exposure or liability because it, it was ignored. So, again, I can't say enough don't ignore sales tax especially now that we're approaching the three year anniversary of Wayfair.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's something that I would not have considered when looking at making an acquisition is that enormous liability that a company could have and just not even know it potentially. So
1: yeah, well it becomes yours. It's it's called successor liability. You, you, you buy the company, you also buy the, uh, uh, known liabilities or unknown liabilities that could come up.
0: What a crappy situation that is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It can be, we've, we've seen retirements, you know, somebody wants to, um, acquire and retire right as they call it in the business and um they've worked 40 years 50 years and they want to sell a family business and retire but they find out that they had seven figure uh, liability and they've got to set up an escrow and at, at every amount of the liability just eats up um you know the ability to actually retire after the sale so we we've seen it uh ruin deals and our approach is to get in there and fix the deal we we've gotten seven figure and six figure liabilities down to five or four figure um with the programs and the strategies to get compliant and and then you don't have to look back you can rest easy at night that's why we talk about this concept of we uh help companies gain peace of mind when it comes to sales tax um that's what you want you don't want to be dealing with that you want to grow your business not become a sales tax expert
0: yeah i love it Well, Jason, you've already given us a bunch, but the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: So this may seem oversimplified, but collaboration builds confidence. Um, What we see in our industry, what we see in our firm, and what we we preach pretty consistently is that nobody really wants to go it alone. Uh, Even in my own decision-making, I collaborate with others, There's a sense of confidence that you gain when you collaborate with other individuals and you get the nods of approval, so to speak. Um, You feel better about the direction you're moving and the efforts that you're making when you do that. So that's it for us. We say consistently around Peisner-Johnson, collaboration builds confidence. So it's better to to talk about it and counsel about it than to go it alone and potentially uh, make a mistake that's difficult to overcome. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come
0: on. Come on. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? And how do they set up a what's next call?
1: PJ.tax. That's it.
0: PJ.tax. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jason your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to PJ.tax. And if you have any questions or you're thinking that this might be applying to you, do not ignore it. Get on uh, and set up one of those what's, what's next calls and get those questions answered. Thanks again, Jason.
1: Hey, thank you, George.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.